Okay, do you feel ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ma, ma, ma. Do you remember uh, that from High School Musical? No? Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's what I t- did mine from, too. Mm-hmm. We're not putting that in, by the way. Oh, it's too bad. Really? Come on, Youngie. Let's do it again. Ooh, no, I'm right. You know you want to. Come oh. on, man. Come on, Youngie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Welcome to episode seven. Another special guest today. We've got Lauren Walkon. In case like the connection isn't made, it's my sister. We have the same last name. Lauren, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. Yangi Bungi, it's a pleasure. I didn't think you were actually gonna have me on. I'm excited to be here. No, you know, we had a we had kind of a you know an opening in the schedule. We we, we haven't been getting as many calls lately, so I figured, you know, we're in a, a kind of a rut right now. So let's get Lauren in here. All right, Yangi, way to flatter me. <laughs> I'm kidding, Warren. I reached out to you and you asked you to be honest. Like, you were not kidding, man. But I, that's I, okay. I was most certainly kidding, Warren. I asked you to be on, and I appreciate you being here, taking some time out of your day. I think you are going to be pleasantly surprised by my sports knowledge. I, I hope so. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, so let's we can kind of jump into things. Um, what? How are you? How are you? I guess. Youngie Bungie, I'm doing fantastic. And yourself? I'm doing just amazing, especially now that I know you're doing fantastic. Oh, of course. Oh, that was a good win yesterday, mate. Good win? Yeah, the oh, U of I beat M- MSU game. Football. No, the U of M- MSU game. Oh, that was also a good win, yeah. Oh, you had some two wins against me yesterday. I did. Yeah, my I fantasy did. team this year has been lacking. MSU has been lacking this year. We suck. You're <laughs> in a tough spot, Warren. And this is this is a good transition because the first thing I wanted to ask about was fantasy football. And before we get into this year, I wanted to kind of give you somewhat of a shout out here and that you've been in our, our the Jennings league with our family for about four, four or five years now. And mm-hmm. you've had a pretty successful run. You're, you're constantly, you know, you often make the playoffs. I think definitely the majority of the seasons you've made the playoffs. It's not looking so good this year. Um, it's not looking good this year. Mm-mm. So you haven't reached the promised land yet. You haven't, you haven't, you know, come home with any hardware at the end of the season, which is okay. It's hard, but can you talk about what your strategy is in fantasy football? I got to be honest, uh, Alex, stop smiling. You know, you ask that knowing I don't have much of a strategy. Oh, I mean, Karen, Lauren, you know what 99% of people's strategy is, including mine half the time? Put the guy in who has the higher projected number, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Let me, okay, I'll explain my strategy. But in terms of, I think I've done pretty consistent. I never do manage to get, you know, as you call it, the promised land, like the top two, top, like the, the quarterfinals, if you will, of the fantasy. Quarterfinals? That's not What do you call plan. them? That's no, Tuesday. I mean... Quarterfinals? <laughs> that is nothing. Whatever, the, okay. problem, the promised land is winning the whole thing. Alex, okay, but as you think of it, I am baby-stepping it. I've been very consistent. I think I've always made the playoffs. This year is going to be probably my worst year. I did a, I did a bad draft this year. No, there was a period where I got the, um, the week out. And the points projected confused. So everybody who was out week 14, I was drafting them, thinking that was going to be their projected points. I mean, Laura, the fact that you've won games while using that strategy, that's a lot of credit, man. Wait, okay. So usually I'm looking at the proper column where it's projected points instead. And I, the only strategy I have is in terms of who, what positions I draft. So I will draft the running backs first. And then I think 
I do tight ends. And then I kind of wrap it up with the defense and the quarterback. The defense, to be honest, like those guys have no, like, I don't care about them. We're not in a PPR league. Like, I don't care about the defense. And then my quarterbacks are always <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, Laura, like PPR doesn't have anything to do with defense. I know, but you know what I mean? It's like, in terms of, no, just like, we're not in a PPR, a PPR league. league. I, I don't have... care about defense. It's like, what? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because it, but what does it have to do with being in a PPR league? PPR is point per reception. That's for receivers, not defense. Exactly. That's why I'm drafting in the order that I am. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. I know. I said it poorly. Can no, I make no, no, a side no. note? Sure. I would like to make a comment towards Youngby and 76% of men. Okay. Interesting stat. So okay. whenever I say something, you are always like, prove it, defend it, defend your comments. And you ask me really obscure questions that I don't even think anyone could answer. And, you know, it's, it's uncool, man. I know my stuff. Um, you know what? You know what's great about being the host of the pod? I'm going to cut that part because I think I don't like that part. <laughs> no, 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 no. What does it have to do with anything we're talking about? What's this, 1984? You could just cut what you don't like out? It is 2022, Warren. 1984, okay. if you ask me. Okay. Well, now we're definitely going to cut this part. Now the context <laughs> is not good. Okay. okay. Back to me, 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 me. Okay. okay. Back to it. Well, Warren, you're going to pick it up in fantasy. You know, we all have our down years. I, you know, I, I've missed the playoffs before. It's not fun. Maybe you can still turn it around. Our league is pretty, it's pretty like, I guess bottom heavy is the right word. Like there's a lot of teams hovering around like that three and four, two and five record right now. So you, by you know, bottom heavy, do you mean a lot of us just suck? No, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> is, is there's, it's not like there's a, a very clear hierarchy where there's first, like, a lot of people are tied for like sixth place in the league. So you have a really good chance of kind of usurping them with like two or three consecutive wins. I think I've had two or three consecutive wins the whole season, but we'll see about that. So you have two wins totals. And I mean, they could have been consecutive. Who knows? But um, <laughs> any, my point is don't lose hope. You still have a great chance. Um, but yeah, so and the reason that I think your team is struggling, because I took a look at your team last night. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out why you're not winning too many games. And one of the biggest things is that you have this kind of abominable season for Aaron Rodgers, which continued last night. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually do not think well of him as a human. And he's on this, what, like seven game terrible streak him and Brady are doing terrible Brady is just a side note um because they're both the big guys but right now yeah I have Daniel Jones in I don't even know who that is to be honest yeah Daniel Jones he's kind of he's been uh, kind of a focal point of the surprise New York Giants he hasn't exactly been a huge reason why because he is he his passing yardage totals are pretty low but he stopped turning the ball over which is the, his biggest Achilles heel in the past so um I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's it's very clear. Daniel Jones, while not great, has been certainly better than Aaron Rodgers. Which He's been consistent, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought – because I got Aaron Rodgers because I draft quarterbacks pretty late in the game, and I was pretty hyped up to get Aaron Rodgers, and now he sure. just sucks. And he has a bad attitude, young dude. He really does. You know, I actually agree with you. When, when you watch Aaron play, then the camera crew and, – because and, he played last night against uh, against the Bills, and he they got pretty bad, badly beat. And every time something doesn't work, if he throws a pass and the receiver doesn't catch it, it's always it's always their fault. And you know he's always kind of like has this smug look on his face where it's 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 never his fault. There's no accountability on his end. And it's funny because I saw another play yesterday. Geno Smith, who's mm-hmm. the quarterback for the Seahawks, he's also had like a really surprised feel good season. They wrote me off. I ain't right back. Right. That's that, that's something that he said. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he had like, he had a receiver miss like the easiest catch that you'll have in the NFL. It was a walk-in touchdown. He completely just missed it. And he like mm-hmm. came over on the sideline, like was trying to hype him up and let him know that, you know, it's had happens. And they, the cool, cool thing is they went on to win that game. And it's funny to me because Gino had, it doesn't have a lot of, I guess, security in this league. Like he hasn't been a starter yeah. in years. Right. And he's still being that guy that's going to go, you know, kind of be rah-rah for his receiver and, you know, not let him know it's not his fault and it happens. And Rodgers, who should be, who's in a position where he can take the blame for everything because we all know how great he is already. And he's still, he's still, it's all, it's always someone else's fault. So like from a leadership perspective, Geno Smith, who also has played really well. I mean, I guess my point is like this year, I, like I might rather have Geno Smith as my quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, even if you know the talent from the past. Well, that's interesting. This might sound very ignorant. I never thought of like their patience or their anger towards um, the players on their team from a standpoint of job security in the sense, you know, I always took it as a personality thing. Like person X is going to be upset because they're just, that's their, that's how they are. And when you said that in the terms of um, that, the guy you were referring to isn't as established and this makes him like look bad, then he doesn't get the, you know, he doesn't get the acclaim or the credit for what he's accomplished and his good um, play. I know. I mean, I guess I was just naive not to think that way, but I, I don't know. I definitely think like Rogers is so quick. And he blamed the coach, I saw. He blamed the yeah, coach throws and the players. The and let's say everyone watches the game. And like how you just said, um, the player you're referring to, um, the receiver missed a very easy touchdown. And yeah. the pass was great. People can watch and they can see that. So why do you, I mean, people know ultimately if you're good or you're not or who's at fault. So going out of your way to, you know, put other people under the bus is really a bad look for you. And it just like bad attitude all around yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think I think what you're kind of talking about with this is like there's like this double standard, you know, because, for example, like Brady and I think Brady is a big one. Where he's like often barks at teammates and coaches like he's kind of jawing at him and he gets pretty animated on the sideline. And I'm guilty of this, too. And when we see that, it's like, oh, it's Brady. That that's him inspiring the team, you know. But if another like if Geno Smith did that, who doesn't have like as much cachet in the league, if he did that, it'd be like, who does Geno think he is? Right. And the cool thing is he doesn't do that. Geno has been such a great teammate, but it's like he's playing really well. And if that's the way you inspire your team, he should be allowed to do that. If that's what works just as Brady's allowed to, you know Um, I mean, it's all about what your leadership style is if it's, you know, productive to the team. So this is a, there's a long, first, I mean, I just, this is a way shout out Gino Smith. He's been such a feel good story. (laughs) I'm a big fan of that guy this year. Um, I can't say I was, I could have predicted it, but he's been awesome. I know like Brady and Rogers are two of the big in terms of kind of putting people under the bus sometimes. Um, definitely Rogers a lot more than Brady. Do you think that's because they are so established and they have all of these people looking at them and they feel extra pressure and that's why, or do you think it's just a personality thing? Yeah. I mean, I might push back a little bit on the Brady part of it. Like he, he'll flip out at people on the sidelines and stuff, but when it comes to the press conference, he never, you're right. He doesn't really talk mad gas. Yeah. He, he, he like, I mean, he'll say like, you know, we're not playing very well right now. He, he'll take a lot of blame. So like, I respect that from that standpoint. And with Rogers, it's like, I don't want to say like Rogers is like this, like he's always doing it or something like that. He also heaps tons of praise on teammates too, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be like an arrogance thing. It could be just legitimately like he, I'm sure he really does believe that he's absolved from any blame for almost anything because he is so gifted and good at playing the position. And to be fair, his team, his the surroundings, he has no 
weapons from the skill positions. I got receivers. Uh, running back, he's a good running back, but he has no receivers. And the, the few that are decent are hurt. Guys like Sammy Watkins, you know, guys who you take flyers on and hope they have career resurgences. That's not working. Nothing's working for this Green Bay offense. So it's not, it really isn't his fault. But I mean, the way you're not supposed to, he's got rookie receivers who he's complaining about to, you know, a, a national audience. And it's like, if, if that's what you think is going to work is making people who are probably already nervous for their first NFL experience, even more nervous because they think their quarterback's going to yell at them behind their back. I just don't like, to me, that just doesn't seem like the right way to do it, but that that's just who he is. That's, that's how he's wired. But he is calling out all of the young guys. And if you think they don't go back in the locker room and know exactly who he's referring to, I mean, they do. So it's just, I don't know. It does not instill a lot of like camaraderie in the team either. And they're young boys, you know, it's like they're really early in their careers too. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. I, I think, uh, I don't know. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably, it's one of the reasons why Rogers is great is because of how confident, ultra confident he is, you know, like you got to take the, the bat. So we'll mm-hmm. see if the Green Bay Packers turn it around. It's not looking good right now, but which do is you think, nice as a Lions fan. Do you think the current Packers team is analogous to like what Stafford went through on the Lions? Uh, I mean, offensively, Stafford had more talent than, than the Packers did. The, I mean, the Packers have been a good organ. They, they haven't drafted the whole – Everyone, all the Packers haven't drafted a, a wide receiver in the first round in however many years, like in the whole Rodgers era. But they do a great job of having, like, good talent on that team around Rodgers pretty much every year. I mean, this was a unique year in that they lost their their stud receiver with Devontae Adams. So, um, I mean, this, this team is, is not very good offensively. It's probably worse than the team Stafford played on. So I, I don't know if I'd go quite that far. But, oh, um, but yeah, it's not in a great spot. And Savard wasn't in a great spot either. So, but you know, sometimes you have to, you, like, if you're that guy, you got to uplift talent. That's just, the, you know, that's the way the league works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll do, we'll do a quick, quick sport transition here. We're going to move into tennis because I'm pretty sure you're into tennis. You at least claim you're into I tennis. Youngie, there you <laughs> go again. Always doubting. I'm kidding, my... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think you are. No, I, I know. I, I do. Believe, you talk about tennis <laughs> enough. I believe that you're into it. So, and I, it's, it's a good time to kind of talk about tennis because it was, this was a historic year, right? We saw one of really the best athletes in the history of the world and Serena Williams kind of step away from the game for, we'll call it a retirement for now. She hasn't called it yet, that yet. It could be forever. It could be temporary, but just to kind of sum up her career a little bit. And again, I'm not super familiar with like all-time tennis stats, but she's got 23 grand, grand slams and singles. Um, and just if you want to like try to have some kind of gauge for what 23 means, like they they call the Grand Slam the Serena Slam now because like people coin it that way because she won so many. She also has 14 doubles titles with titles with her sister Venus. And she's she's the highest earning female athlete of all time. And she she really revolutionized diversity in a sport with tennis that was so largely white and male before. So what's your kind of perspective on what Serena did on the court and off the court in her? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's like 20 plus years playing. So. I would say, well, she did a lot. You spoke about how in terms of being a, um, a black female in a very white male dominated sport, I'd say in terms of diversity, yeah, she did a lot to contribute to that. And I think so for any like young black men or women playing tennis, I think she was really a big person people looked up to, especially like younger athletes to know that this is a sport that um has representation and also in terms of female athletes she's regarded by many as being one of the best female athletes and I think she did a lot in terms of raising the ceiling but I think she's done a really great job in elevating women's tennis um I saw it more as a gender standpoint from a gender standpoint as well um 
And I think American tennis overall this year has been a lot better as well. And yeah, it's just, I think she's done a really great job. I don't love it when people, how she's not calling it a retirement. I don't understand what this is. I wish, I would prefer she would announce a hiatus instead if she intends on coming back. Uh, same as, I, I guess Gronk and Brady also retired and then came back. I never liked that. I think, you know, retirement, you have everybody all around you hyping you up and it's this big ordeal. And then it'd be like, mm, I'm going to come back. I think it's kind of, I don't know. I don't like the look of it, but she's definitely done really great things for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's been pretty much like the, I mean, whenever, whenever anybody talks about the greatest, just athlete of all time, regardless of any sport, any context, I think her name always comes up and I mean, they made a movie about her and Venus called King Richard recently. That was that yes, movie yeah. that won. I think he won Best mm -hmm. Actor for it. That was when the whole slap incident. The slap. Yeah. Slap gate, um, baby. Yeah. But yeah, Serena's been great for tennis. And I see what you're saying where it, it creates some ambigu ambiguity in terms of like, is she going to come back or not? Because um, I think retirement I mean, is such a big thing. It's like the biggest thing, especially in an athlete that established. And to I think it kind of minimizes what retirement means you know that's them giving up such a huge part of their life and it's such a huge thing for an athlete especially at that stature to retire and I don't know when Gronk comes back and then Brady comes back I think it diminishes the word almost yeah I agree with what you're saying the only I'll say in the defense of Serena is that she's she's been pretty adamant about the fact like she's avoided using retirement at all like she's been transparent about it the whole way like never say never like there's always a chance so it's like I mean you know, if you're a professional athlete, you have a right to step away and then come back. Sure. Maybe she should mm -hmm. attach like a kind of a specific label, like hiatus. I think that would be helpful for, for fans that are trying to keep track of her career, but um, it's better than Brady retiring for 45 minutes and be like, eh, but I think I'm going to come back, which, you know, that's a whole, we never, you don't know what's going, goes on behind closed doors, but, um, but yeah, so I guess to kind of, to kind of move forward a little bit is that we, we tennis lost another all-time great player to retirement this year. And this, this was a, this was a, like a surefire retirement with Federer and his, he's another guy like Serena where we, again, we're not going to be able to sufficiently cover like all his successes, but he's got 103 uh, singles titles, the second most of all time. He's got 20 grand slams that, so again, Serena had 23. He's got a record eight Wimbledon titles, and then he's got a record tying five U S open titles. And then the biggest thing with Federer is that he did it, and this is true for Serena, and that like it's so much more competitive in, in female and men's tennis now. But he did it, Federer, with like with Nadal and Djokovic, which they were talking about three of like probably the five best tennis players ever, all playing at the same time for the better part of a decade. So that just makes it so much harder to win titles when you're at, every time you get to the finals, you're up against some other guy who's going to go down as in the conversation for the best player of all time. So, what are your thoughts about? his career and then his decision to hang it up with, you know, he, he's had a lot of knee issues lately and he just, it, it didn't heal. And he just felt like he just really couldn't come back at all. Now he's past 40. Well, the goat debate in tennis is talked about a lot because Djokovic, Nadal and Federer all played during the same era, but Federer also caught the tail end of a previous era with like Sampras and Agassi. So it's very difficult. Like what he's done. It's, I don't know. It's almost hard to compare the three because Djokovic came in, comparing to Federer in a different time point. So I think you'd have to compare. It's a lot of anal um, analysis in terms of the eras they were playing in. But yeah, I think he presents such a elegance. I think he's a really elegant player and just elegant overall. I think his style of play is really artistic and it was really something that was beautiful to watch. Um, I 
it was kind of something people saw coming because he was having so many knee problems. And I think it was a very probably, I mean, obviously it's a difficult choice to decide to retire, but I think the fact that he really felt otherwise capable of continuing play, but he kept trying to practice because he kept saying like, Oh, I'm going to be at this tournament. And then he wouldn't go because he's like, mm, you know, I'm not up to the standard I want to be. And I think it's just unfortunate that he couldn't reach the, um, the level of play due to the knee. Um, because prior to that he had played, uh, I think it was Wimbledon. That was his big, um, grand slam was that I think Nadal's is the French open. Well, Nadal's, yeah, they put a big statue of him up this year, uh, actually in, for Roland Garros, but, and then Federer's was Wimbledon. That was his stopping ground. And he came back and his play was good, but it was just, you could, the knee was holding him back from doing what he wanted. And I think that was the determining factor for the retirement, but he is really someone that's amazing. I know I find the GOAT debate for tennis really similar to the GOAT debate for basketball in that people a lot of times prefer Jordan because he was first on the scene. And I think I'll, there is a really big nostalgia with Federer that the other two don't have to the same extent. And it's very uh, sad to see him go. Yeah, I think the, the cool thing for Federer is that it's I feel like it's so rare that an athlete can call it a day and like call it on step away from the sport on their own terms. So often, you know, they're, you, you don't get to decide when you're, you've, you're finished with a sport, the sport's finished with you. And I think he could have come back and maybe had like a not so great season. So I think being able to step away when he felt like it was the right time is really cool. Um, and then the, the elegance that you bring up, I mean, I think what the numbers perspective in terms of like titles and things like that, it's going to be hard to convince people that it's not Djokovic. When, if we look back like 50 years from now, cause he's going to have so many titles. Um, but I mean, you, you'll, there's just going to be Federer homers because people just like him more because he's just had, he's just been really, really, like you said, elegant and well-liked off the court, which Djokovic I don't think has to the same extent. So, um, yeah, he's pretty awesome. He's pretty, uh, all-time great player and we're sad to see him go, but he, that's, I'm happy that he was able to call it on his own terms. I think the GOAT debate for tennis has almost become like they're close enough that it's almost become a personality contest. I think objectively, Djokovic is the great. Um, I know Nadal is up, I think, by one slam right now. But in terms of longevity, I foresee um, Nadal retiring before Djokovic. And I think when we look back, as you said, you know, a couple decades from now, it's going to objectively be Djokovic. So right now, I, I mean, on a personal level, I would say my goat would be Nadal. I mean, he is my favorite and that'd be my choice. But, you know, I do think it's almost... I don't, I, because it's so arbitrary at the moment, it's a personality contest or a nostalgia battle, but that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to, it'll be easier, I think, not easier, but it'll be interesting to look back, you know, years and years from now when we really have to rely on more so just like the numbers and maybe some clips rather than having kind of like the, the I don't know, visceral emotional attachment to the players because we grew up watching them. That's um, what, yeah, because people ask Andy Roddick a lot. He was this, he was the number one American and then I, his big rival, he never could um, uh, top Federer because he got the end of Roddick's career was the beginning of Federer's. And then that was um, kind of representative of the beginning of uh, Roddick's um, not downfall. He just the end of his career, but he says it's so arbitrary right now that there's not even a point in saying who they think the goat is that within like five, 10 years, they'll know for certain. And that, 
exactly what you were saying. Yeah, it's sometimes you just got to, you know, get a little distance from the situation to kind of look at it from a more objective point of view. Um, but yeah, so I guess before we get off tennis, because you played tennis back in the day, you played high school tennis and you were pretty good. You played you, and then because the Bloomfield didn't win while you were there, but they won like a year after. So like you were on, but you were on some teams that went pretty far at the state level, which is pretty cool. So any any thoughts about like what your play style was or any like highlights from your from your time playing tennis, maybe like a favorite moment? Um, I think, well, the best we had achieved, I think, was second place. Um, Pretty good. In our tournament, <laughs> making a little face. Um, no, I'm get impressed. That's, that's awesome. I didn't realize it was second. Um, I think my style was being really uh, aggressive at the net. I didn't like when the points went on too long, and I think that was a very big doubles thing, why I prefer doubles over singles. I think that was physically strenuous and mentally strenuous to be in a point for like these really extended rallies. So very much trying to end it. And that was my style of play. Just a dominant net presence. I see. I'm sure it's like your, your five, three stature, five, two, five, one. I'm five, two. How do you not know my height? Youngie? Well, I, well, I said five, one, five, two, five, three. I was kind of circling it, but I know, but it was ambiguous. I would love to be five, three. Cause I think five, two is like, Five two and below, you're a shorty. But you know, five three, you're regular. Well, I'm glad that you know, despite your uh, your maybe less than super tall stature, you were still able to have a net presence. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I went to a lot of your matches. You're uh, you know, pretty good, man. You too, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, Back okay. at you, dude. <laughs> Let's uh, let's kind of move on here. So I asked Grayson about this in the last episode, and that because Grayson like me and like you, we're all taking these gap years before hopefully going into to med school. So can you talk a little bit about what your gap, your experience has been, what, what, how it's been a different lifestyle than when you were, you know, a full-time student at Michigan state. And then, you know, just like what, what's life been like for you and how are you enjoying you being a medical assistant? So it's definitely a different lifestyle. Uh, I've really enjoyed not having things hanging over my head and to get back from work and then that be it, not have to study. And then I know when I go to work, I'm just going to do my job. There's no, oh, you're going to not do well on this test. You know, I'll just go to work. So that's a nice pressure that's been alleviated. Um, and I've definitely had some time on my hands. Uh, I know you're going to laugh at me because every time I talk to you, I tell you I have a new goal. But I've decided, Alex, today is the day, Youngie Bungie. I am going to be so fit. That's my goal. I'm going to meal prep today. I'm going, because I've been doing the boxing classes and I really like them. And I think that's going to be my main thing. So in the free time right now, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and there are a lot of them are pertaining to medical things. And I like to learn through that way. I really enjoy reading fiction books that you like to roast me for. Um, but I think the primary just thing quickly I might... jump in. I have nothing against the genre of fiction. I have something against books where people are kissing on the covers. I it's like Youngie. clearly you know what's gonna happen in the book. I mean, what's the point of reading the first 45 pages? Youngie. In that book that you refer to as kissing on the cover? Book, singular. There, there's been multiple Okay. But the one I am referring to that you roasted before the most, the girl whose name I forgot was able to Clearly, it stuck with you, man. Wow. Okay. Cure that veteran's psychosomatic blindness with her love. Can you say that about your books? 
So let's jump back into the fit thing. Let's, 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 let's. Oh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> that I respect because that's a really cool goal. Because before I was, Alex, I'm going to code or Alex, I'm going to like learn it and, or learn languages with me. That's pretty cool too. But like coding, it's like, where did that come? But anyway, well, you, I know you've been really into fitness like I don't for a have while. The yeah, I've been into fitness, but I think I've never done it in a way where it was organized to the extent I would like to. And I think that's why I didn't see the, the results I wanted. I definitely want to start eating better. I think that's my vice. My vice in this world is unhealthy eating. I'm a yeah, menace, man. dude. Cookies are good, you know? Cookies are so good. You don't even like cookies, dude. I'll you see you over I there. Had a, I had a gluten-free cookie that Maggie made last night. Unreal. That's because Maggie is like chef of the year, okay? I'm so charmed when you go over there and play house. You're like Max and Maggie's child. I'm not, they, you know, they, they, they do, they make like four meals while I'm there. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I know, but it's like, they're like playing house and you like go over there and you're their son. Yeah. Well, you know what? They take good care of me and I appreciate them. They do. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. Seriously. They, they, uh, man, they make good pasta there. Holy moly. Um, but yeah, well, I, I wish you the very best of luck with your meal prep and the, you know, the fitness stuff. I, I you seem pretty determined about this one. And I, I respect your goals, Lauren. I do. I appreciate the fact that you're, uh, or, you know, you're, you're go-getter. Um, I'm ex- but I'm excited because now I'm doing it like really organized, like pen and paper, like researched and I'm ready. To, today is the day, man. October 31st. Catch me in real life whenever and I'll be jacked. <laughs> well, maybe not jacked. You know, every time I say I want to get jacked, you're like, oh my God, Lauren, what do you look like? The black meat, meat, meat. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's good, man. That's really good. I'm very happy for you, for you and your goals. And I have a feeling that you will, you will achieve them. But I wanted to just quickly ask one more question about with the gap year stuff. How are you liking uh, being a medical assistant? I know you talked a little about your job, but how, what has that been like? Oh, I really like it. I really like the doctor I work for. And I think he's been super nice in the sense that he has an interesting case. He'll actually pull me out of one patient's room to come into the patient's room with him and say, oh, like, put on his stethoscope and say, do you hear this? Do you hear how this sounds different on this side of the chest? And things like that, which I'm really appreciative of, or then he'll walk me through some of the EKGs. Those are just, um, it's, a, it's like a diagram almost of the heart rhythm. And so I think I'm really grateful for him for that. And yeah, it's something I've really enjoyed getting to like interact with a bunch of people I wouldn't have otherwise met. Like in a day, I'll, you know, talk to like, to a pretty decent extent, at least 30 people. So it's been really great. And yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And yeah, it's about. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for you. Man. I'm really glad that it's going well. And it seems like you're learning a lot of cool things. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we're, we got a lot more left in this gap here. So I'm sure, I'm sure you'll, you'll learn a lot more and you'll have a lot of cool, cool stories to take away from some interesting patients. Thank you, um, mate. I think I already do. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so I, I the next thing I wanted to ask you about is, yeah, this is just this is kind of a drastic shift. I don't really know how to transition this, but I mean, I just like let's not let's not lie to ourselves. A large portion of your sports commentary involves the appearance of athletes. Okay, and I'm not saying you're, you're not, not judgmental. You're, you're actually true. very praiseworthy. Like you I'm very them. praiseworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I was gonna. I thought we'd talk NFL starting quarterbacks because they're often like the faces of the league, and yes, sir. I disqualified. A couple, like I disqualified Brady because he's, you know, he's like 70 years old now. And I disqualified Zach Wilson because he looks like he's 17 years old. He, I mean, he looks like he's like going to a sophomore homecoming dance. I remember Zach Wilson being very good looking. Does he really look that young? Lauren, I, I mean, 
go ahead and check it out. Give it, give it a quick. Oh search. my God. How old is this guy? Oh, he's 23. No, yeah. Alex, that's a very good looking man. Oh, he does look so young though. That guy could, that guy looks like he's in college. Like oh, he could fair. be 19 or 20. I would imagine him being, no, not even 20. Yikes. Yeah. But 19, he's very man. good looking. Very not, good looking you know, boy. Well, hopefully he's the Jets guy. Cause they, they haven't had a guy there in a long time. Um, but so I pretty much what I did here is I, I gathered a few of like the consensus, like super handsome NFL quarterback guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling you wouldn't know who all of them are. So I even put pictures here and I'm going to share a screen. We're all in, we're all in right now. So the quarterbacks are for the listeners. It is uh, Joe Burrow, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. So we've got six quarterbacks here. And, you know, we, I, I feel like ranking people isn't as not cool. So maybe if you just want to pick, like, you know, who's the who's the stud of these guys? Okay. I will – well, first of all, Joe Burrow is my celebrity crush. I think he's fantastic. Let me expand. Okay. First of all, not only is he gorgeous, the long – I predict, predict Joe Burrow retiring tomorrow. Okay? That guy gets tackled. That guy gets – bashed every single game he plays i fear for his safety he gets wrecked i fear for the longevity of his career so i'm going to enjoy his presence while it lasts but despite the fact that it's clearly his um line messing up and letting him get just abused he always has the nicest things to say about them and i know you talked we talked a little bit about arrogance amongst the greats he objectively like so early on made it to a Super Bowl and at no point and I remember that Super Bowl well dude okay he did great the others he he's no Joe's like because I like that he's not arrogant but he like still, still like oozes confidence like he's he's just very cool well he Joe I Burr, think he is I arrogant think. Joe Burr is arrogant Alex I think he doesn't put the other players down and I think that's what I commend him for and I think the arrogance is so backed by talent in college, he won um, that big award people get. <laughs> the Heisman? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he win the Heisman? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. He also won the national championship, too. So, yeah, he has everything to back up his talent. He does a great job. And even when the uh, the, rest, the remainder of the team doesn't do his job, I don't think I've seen a game where I'm like, oh, like Joe Burr was at fault. Like he had a take, you know? Well, I mean, there's probably been those games. I'm not going to lie to you. But he never puts down the remainder of the team. And I really – he's just so attractive. Um, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Let's move on to Jimmy G. I remember Jimmy G when he was the backup for Brady. And there, he wow. is a meme in the girl world because he cheated on his girlfriend. And then he had some terrible injury after that. So, in the girl world, it's like karma. I don't know oh. if that meme has come around to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but very handsome man, apparently a subpar boyfriend. Justin Herbert, wow, what a looker. Um, I had him on my fantasy team. He did a very acceptable job. I did very well that year. Uh, Good-looking guy. He's also – I read an article by Mina Kimes. Uh, it was on, I think, on ESPN. It was like a pretty big, uh, like pretty lengthy story on him. And he's like he was like a biology major at Oregon. He had like a 4.0. He's very introverted. But he just seems like a very he's been I've seen him in a couple of commercials. He just seems like a very kind and nice guy. And he seems he's also just happens to be super good at playing the quarterback position. Well, I think being a quarterback in particular, I think it's a pretty intellectual game. 
like the strat. I don't know. I think there's oh, a lot sure, of strategy. Yeah. There's a lot of strategy that goes into that. So when you say, oh, this quarterback happened to have done really successful in school, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's an intellectual, especially the quarterback position, I think. Um, this fourth guy, I'm not going to lie to you. He's very good looking. I have no idea who he is. You know what? I think a lot of people before this year didn't know who he is. They do now, though. He's playing for the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. It is the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who has been oh, awesome. Oh, it's Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. I didn't Yeah, know I talked about him, I think, last episode where I like wasn't appreciating how great this guy is. And he also happens to be super handsome. Well, I've heard a bunch of good things about him recently. Nothing about how handsome he is. Shout out. Um, <laughs> stop, Alex. I know. I know. I know. Whatever. Shout out, Jalen Hurts. This is a questionable very... segment. I just. Oh. <laughs> Chosen by Youngie, though. Um, shout out, Jalen Hurts, for being beautiful and talented. Aaron Rodgers. I don't find that good looking. I mean, if I saw him on the street, I'd be like, he's a nice looking guy. Uh, I think his arrogance and his personality are bringing him down. Okay, that's uh, personality. That's personality plays a lot into how I think of you. Russell Wilson up next. Gorgeous man, fantastic athlete, having a bad season. But, you know, I think it's nice to have the luxury of playing for as long as he has, where your people know you're just having an off season, opposed to you, you know, people know he's a really great player. Uh, beautiful man. And he's married to someone famous, no? Ciara, yeah. Yeah, and they have a, such a cute dynamic. I see their pictures sometimes. Um. Yeah, he's he's a Seahawks now. He was on the Seahawks. He just got to Denver this year, and he's having a pretty stinky season for them. I got to be honest. Oh, because he crushed around the Seahawks. Yeah, he was he was great for them for a long time. Ah, okay, but yeah, that's my those are my opinions, sir. This was All a right. good bunch you picked. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You just get you know you just Google most handsome quarterbacks, and then you know you go from there. All uh, right, man. What's that? If you say so, I think you knew you. You always know because sometimes they'll point out guys. You're like, Lauren, you're gonna find this guy attractive. Don't be weird. You've said that to me before. You've had friends come over and you're like, Lauren, I know this is your type. Don't be a weirdo. I'm like, okay, and I never am, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to move on to, to one other thing that I, I. This is just. This is only to do with sports. Um, well, it has a little bit to do with sports because at the end of the day, it is a sports podcast and it's an impressive, I guess you call it athletic ability that you have. And it's your ability to fall asleep at an incredibly oh, God, fast rate. And oh my goodness. Really? I consider it really impressive. So what I did is I went ahead and put together a list of movies that you and I have watched together. Cause I, you know, it's like, I love, we both like movies or at least I think you like movies. And then, you know, it's like brother, sister, like it's a good way to like, you know, like spend some quality time. Right. So anyway, I put together this list of movies in which you have fallen asleep less than an hour in so most recently august osage county featuring meryl streep julia roberts ewan mcgregor chris cooper abigail breslin benedict cumberbatch and it earned two oscar nominations you were out in maybe three minutes that was a bad movie well you know what the academy who decides what movies are good clearly disagrees with you okay okay a lot of people think the academy is rigged so you know i think it's rigged and that movie was subpar Lauren, how, you only back three minutes up. how could you even know I, just, Alex, I didn't even know what was happening how could you know what's happening? You fell asleep. And I did, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it, man. Well, it's you hard to understand movie when you only see the first three minutes. But I guess I'm not as intellectual as you, man. I don't get do being intellectual. I just saw the whole movie. I thought it was really good. <laughs> anyway, we have cult classic and Oscar-nominated Fight Club. We, I watched that with Maddie. Oh, that one didn't even make sense either. Brad Pitt, Edward even... Norton, two big-time Wait, actors. Can I do a spoiler very alert? In that one. Can I do a spoiler? For, yeah, sure. Spoiler alert. 
that movie sucked. I couldn't even tell who was alive and who was dead. Like, what's going on? I didn't get it at all. <laughs> it wasn't even like an alive and dead thing. The, Brad Pitt's character was never alive. He's it was like a figment of Edward. Exactly. Edward. And then you know, then it's a whole waste. Why did I even watch this movie? This guy's not even alive. Moving you know on. when you watch a movie? Wait, you know when you watch a musical and you think to yourself, if they weren't singing, what would have been happening? That's how I felt about Fight Club. What I don't get it. Well, it's not a matter of getting it, Lauren. You fall asleep too fast to give yourself give yourself a chance of getting it. Okay. The movie sucks. Moving on. Legends of the Fall, another Brad Pitt movie. Oh, another Anthony terrible Hopkins. movie. Everyone dies. It's gruesome death. And Brad Pitt was such a bad person in that movie. He just gets everyone killed. Okay. Well, I mean, he, he his character was kind of controversial. I agree with that. I ended up finishing that movie though. It just took me. Like, I remember two you watched days. it the next day. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah. But. Listen, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we also have Matt Damon's classic poker movie, Rounders. That's when you and Lily fell asleep. Oh, let me just, oh, I'm just going to go rapid suck. fire right now. Cult classic, Big Lebowski with Jeff Bridges, Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry. You've got Mail. Lauren, these are only the ones I can remember, by the way. <laughs> this is like seven or eight that I just like rap. I, I, I didn't, I, this, I'm just brainstorming. I mean, there's there's so many. And I bring up the movies, like their, their casts when they have big time actors and the, and, you know, the awards they received or if they're a cult classic, because I'm not showing you some kind of like, you know, B movie with people no one's ever heard of that are super stupid. These are like consensus, really high end quality movies that I'm trying to pick that you would like, and you don't even give them a chance. You just fall asleep. First of all, Rounders objectively stupid. Like, okay, that's I'm, I'm sorry. Everyone loves that movie. Everyone, everyone, you. Anish okay, loves wait, that movie. He's a big. We watched that guy. with three people. Two thirds of the group passed out in ten minutes. Two thirds of the group are chronic faller sleepers during movies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Whenever I pick the movie, I never fall asleep when I pick the movie. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're willing to try new things. <laughs> and you know what? I'll make this time, new... oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, that was cute. Okay. Um, Remember that one time I picked Knives Out? We were so happy after that. I stayed awake the whole time. We had a nice discussion. That was a killer movie. that movie. That was really good. I, didn't I watch did. It. And they're coming out with a second one. We're going to have yeah. to watch that soon. You should watch that together. Maybe you'll stay awake. I will. The worst part for me is that, like, you know, it's these Oscar-nominated movies that you fall asleep in five minutes. But you've seen, like, every Hallmark romance movie <laughs> ever made in the history of <laughs> Man, I, the tropes in those, Alex? Have you watched them before? No, I have. I, Let- I very intentionally avoid them. Okay, let me tell you all exactly what happens. Um, a woman working hard in the city um, needs her ex-boyfriend from the small town to sign a document for her big corporate form, form, firm. Uh, and then when she comes home, she just rediscovers the power of family, falls in love with the guy, and they get married. So that's one option. Or the second option is the big city guy from the tree farm comes in and moves into the small town to set up a corporate office in the small town, blah, blah, blah. And then the family farm run by, you know, the nice farm girl. And then they butt heads and then they end up falling in love. So those are the two possible options. Those are the two templates for every Hallmark movie. Okay. They really are. Any listeners will be able to be, I doubt your listeners watch Hallmark. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody must watch them because they keep making them unless you're the only member of the audience. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I am. I think they're quite popular. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. I, I understand the merit of them. They're they're nice, fun, easy watches. I get it. Um, 
maybe I guess they keep you awake, but, um, yes, they do. but yeah, man, well, that's pretty much all I have for you. Is there anything else that, you know, you want to touch on? I mean, you know, I, there's this, uh, you ever seen hot ones, the, the chicken wing? Oh yes. I like watching those interviews. Yeah. Was, uh, the interviewer who's awesome. His name is Sean Evans. He always says as, at the end, he's like, roll out the red carpet and you can just plug anything you want. Obviously, you know, my, I would think we get like 20 some listeners per episode. <laughs> Alex, sh- cut that part out. Okay. No one needs to know that. All right. Okay. You got 20,000 boys. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm just going to keep that whole part in. That was kind of funny. Um, but yeah. Anything that you want to, you want to talk about or, or plug or anything like that? Um, as I mentioned, I'm going on a fitness journey. So if you all want to pay attention to how great I'm looking, <laughs> gas me up. Um, Alex, stop covering your face. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not exactly Insta famous or anything. So yeah, that's about all you got going on. <laughs> hey man, that's plenty good. I'm not Insta famous either. But um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for coming out today. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, and yeah, we are related, so I'm sure I'll probably see you so much uh, somewhat soon. Hey, I'm driving you to the airport, man. I'm a good sister. You are a good sister. There's no doubt about that. All right, love you, Youngie Bungie. Talk love soon. you too, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.